chapter 11. And as you're turning there, uh, I want to remind you of a couple of things. First of all, uh, FC3 exists to glorify God as we make disciple-making disciples of Jesus Christ. That pushes everything we do, whether that's uh, <coughs> preaching and, and worship, whether that's the, the, the taking of offering, whether that's uh, coming into the parking lot, and certainly everything that we do for Christ outside of the walls of this, this building. We exist to glorify God as we make disciple-making disciples of Jesus Christ, which means there's got to be a relational aspect. And we see that uh, focused in four big ideas, four big themes, if you will, that kind of drive how we do this. One, it's by trusting God. Two, it's by accepting unconditionally. Three, by serving selflessly. And four, by teaching the next generation. Now, hopefully you're not hearing that for the first time. And if you are, that's who we are. That's what we do. And that's how we do it. Uh, Notice there isn't any formula on how we accomplish the things that we've said here. But I think this process is embodied in the character of a person that we see in the book of Acts who kind of shows up from time to time but has some significant tasks that he does in the midst of it. And I think that we will see this as we look at the life of Barnabas. Uh, Barnabas is... uh, Really, he's a big deal that we don't give him a whole lot of attention. I mean, anybody who mentors the Apostle Paul and does a good enough job that the Apostle Paul becomes the second hero in the New Testament to us, uh, I think we've got somebody we need to listen to and look at. Uh, Acts chapter 11, verse 24, tells us that he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. Acts 4.36 tells us that he, he trusted God as an encourager. In fact, his name means son of encouragement. Now, he didn't start off with that name. He was just Joseph. Fairly normal name. Uh, but... As people interacted with him, as the apostles interacted with him, as those who knew him well interacted with him, they gave him this name, Son of Encouragement, Barnabas. Because anytime Barnabas did his thing, people were lifted up. Anytime Barnabas spoke into the lives of people, they listened. We see Barnabas being the kind of guy who was uh, just the epitome of what it means to live out our faith. He was wealthy and yet uh, didn't leave that as something to hold on to. Uh, he had an attractive land, some would say probably uh, at, in, in his home in Cyprus, not in uh, not Cyprus, north of here, uh, but um, <laughs> Cyprus a bit further away, um, not in the Holy Land itself because he was from the tribe of Levi. And according to Moses, they couldn't have land. So he probably had land in, in Cyprus, sold that, brought the, pro- the proceeds to the church and said, you know, I just want to help. And he trusted God in the midst of that. And he, he demonstrated that by being one who used his gifts to encourage others and then used his physical gifts, his monetary gifts, to, to bless the needs or to meet the needs of those who needed it and didn't give it a second thought. In fact, others tried to copycat Barnabas and we get the story of Ananias and Sapphira. But they didn't copy his heart. They copied part of his deed and then lied about the rest of it. And this is the first time we see the Holy Spirit being lied to. Um, And God struck them down because they were trying to make something of themselves that they weren't. Barnabas was the real deal. So we see in Acts 4, that's the first time we really meet him. Uh, Verse 36, uh, 
that he was he trusted God as an encourager. He was generous with his possessions. Acts 9.27 says that he accepted unconditionally while he defended the newly converted Saul of Tarsus. I want you to ponder this for just a second. Saul of Tarsus, before he became the Apostle Paul, had a bad rap with Christians for good reason. He went out hunting them, hunting wabbits. I mean, he was, he was looking for those who were of the way so that he could, uh, he could just destroy them, sometimes to the point of death. His whole purpose in life, Saul's whole purpose in life, was to hunt down Christians and to persecute them until Acts chapter 9, when he has an incredible encounter with Christ on the road to Damascus. And after this, after he receives the sight back and he knows what's happened, uh, Ananias comes on the scene, another Ananias, uh, comes on the scene, kind of helps, because the first one dies in chapter 5, comes on the scene, kind of helps him along the way, and then Saul starts looking for help. And he's meeting with the disciples, and they don't want to have anything to do with him. And here comes this guy, Barnabas. And Barnabas says, I think we need to see what's going on here. I think we need to to accept him and see that the Lord really is doing something here. And he modeled for us what it means to accept unconditionally. I don't know about you, but if I were a believer in this time, I would have a really hard time saying, Hey, Saul, why don't you come and have dinner at my house? No way. He's spying us out. He's seeing where we live so he can come back later and get us in the night. I would, that would be my thinking. Barnabas comes up and says, no, God's doing something here. And he accepted unconditionally. I think that's a great picture of how we should be as, as believers here. And then Acts chapter 11, starting in verse nine, uh, 19, rather, shows him accepting Gentiles unconditionally and serving selflessly. Again, two of the things that we hold on to tightly. Let's look at his exploits in Antioch together. Look at verse 19 with me. Acts chapter 11, beginning in verse 19. Now, those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and he saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch, and for a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people, and in Antioch the disciples were first called Christians. Now we're going to go down and finish the chapter in just a moment, but I want you to catch a couple of things that Luke tells us in the book of Acts about who Barnabas is and what he does. He's in Jerusalem. He's a highly respected person because of who he is in his faith. And they say, we hear rumor that there are people who are not Jews who are hearing the gospel. And we hear rumor that God's doing some pretty incredible things among them. And we need you to go check it out because we will trust your report. So Barnabas goes. And he goes to Antioch. And while he's there, he sees uh, great things happening. And the Lord was with them. A great number who believed turned to the Lord. And as he's seeing all of this, uh, he's taking in what's happening. And then we notice as it it talks about his character. 
who is a good man, full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit, that what follows that immediately is that many came to Christ. Now, again, I picked Barnabas because he teaches us how to serve selflessly, how to love unconditionally. Gentiles at this point weren't people that Jews spent a lot of time with. This would be like somebody wearing, wearing burnt orange to College Station. <laughs> And intentionally going and taking Reveille. Are we understanding the, the context here? I mean, there was not a happy place for these two to interact with each other. And the Jews thought they were the, the purest of pure and everything else was less than. And for them to hear now that God is, is allowing people to hear of Christ and respond to him who have no previous context, they're a little skittish. Barnabas goes and sees Wow, God's doing amazing things here. And Gentiles are hearing about Christ and turning their lives over to Him and, and great powerful things are happening. And many, many are added to this number. And, and I've, as I thought about Barnabas and I thought about the purpose uh, of where we're going with all of this, Barnabas gives us a great example anytime we go out. Anytime we leave what we call home. Anytime we continue to go further uh, as God leads us, whether that's on mission to somewhere nearby or somewhere across the pond, if you will, uh, wherever God leads us, this should be the picture of how we go. In just a few moments, we're going to have an opportunity to commission our, our graduates who are going from us with an encouragement and an expression of love and a hope that this will mark their going. That wherever God has them land, whether it's where they're landing in a couple of weeks or where God has them go four years, five years, ten years from then, that this will be true of them. This is an amazing, amazing story. Look at verse 27. Now in these days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. And one of them, named Agabus, stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all, this, all the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. Now, we're going to see that pattern switch to be Paul and Barnabas in, in just a little bit. But it's still Barnabas and Saul. But notice what he's doing. He's heard about what's coming, he's making preparations, and he's going to do whatever he can to help the church at Jerusalem, which will be an offering and some other things to kind of come along the path. But some big things happening here. He's thinking ahead, he's planning ahead, and he's being responsive to the Holy Spirit with what he has right now. And then he's looking ahead saying, there's coming a point where this is going to be needed, let's get some things moving. What a great picture as we talk about whether it's college students leaving or us going on our path of thinking as a believer. Not only thinking about the right now, but thinking about how to, meet, how to meet needs as they come in the future. What a great picture. Acts chapters 13 through 14 record him teaching the next generation as he and Paul journey together to establish a number of Gentile churches in Asia Minor. We see the picture of all four of the things that we're really about happening in the life of Barnabas. Chapter 15 gives us the picture of Barnabas trusting God, accepting unconditionally, serving selflessly, and teaching the next generation while he addresses the Jerusalem Council on the question of whether or not Gentile circumcision is a requirement of faith. It makes sense that 
if he's seeing Gentiles come to Christ, that those who are Jewish would want them to, to do it the right way. Well, those who were Jewish were circumcised as a part of the law, and the question came up, well, is this part of what needs to happen? So Barnabas goes and is part of the delegation that begins the conversation that says, no, grace is enough. Faith is enough. Circumcision, though understandable and and, and useful to those who are Jewish to the point that it is a a point of obedience, is not necessary for faith. And Barnabas kind of helps lead the charge in that. Because again, he's an influential person in the church at Jerusalem, in the church at Antioch, and in other places. God uses him in a mighty way. He was a highly respected person in the first century because of his faithfulness to the Lord. What better thought, what better encouragement can we give to those who are walking their faith, not just our graduates, but all of us, to be people who are faithful to the Lord. Now, I'll say this. He was faithful to the Lord in almost every circumstance. Now, those of you here that are going, well, where did he mess up? I'll tell you about that in a second. Um, whether he was at home in Cyprus or he was in Jerusalem, Antioch, or other areas, he was a good man filled with the Holy Spirit and almost always willing to put other people first in the service to Christ. There's that almost always again. Now, I want you to picture for just a moment what I've just said. And I want, you, I want you to picture Barnabas being at a table eating with Gentiles, which was a fairly common practice, except for one time. Some Jews came in from out of town, and Barnabas kind of backed off. In fact, Galatians tells, tells us that Paul got really bent out of shape about that. Now, Barnabas is going to correct, but at this time, he misses it. And the great thing is, the picture still remains the same. Even though he messes up this one time, God's not done with him. There's more to to the story of Barnabas. There's more that's going to come. And what we want to see is, even when we mess up, God restores. And brings us back to the point of, of serving him faithfully. Barnabas is indeed an example to all of us on how to live a life of faith. He serves as an example of what we want to do today with the high school graduates those who've been touched by the ministry for for however long, touched by the ministry of First Colony Christian Church. We want to send them out with our blessing. We want to send them out, commission them to continue serving. But but frankly, Barnabas is is who we should all want to, to emulate as he emulates Christ. If Paul would say, imitate me as I imitate Christ, I think he would maybe pick that up from Barnabas, who pushed him in his own life. And we could look at that and say, how am I living? Am I faithfully living this out? Now, today we're going to commission these graduates with the laying on of hands and prayer to continue serving our Lord as they depart uh, for the next stage of life as college students. My prayer for them is that they will have lives of impact that mirror the life of Barnabas. But I'll be honest, I pray that for our whole church. That we will have lives that mirror the life of Barnabas. Now, uh, we're going to shift gears just a little bit. Uh, I would like our, our graduates to come forward, just the graduates for right now, and I'll, I'll give some further instructions. What's